This is Bobby Boucher from the 50 Shades of Boucher podcast, and you're listening to Sports Done Right. Oh, yeah. Get your snowcats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. What's up? It's Carl Anthony Towns. 12 to shoot. Cat going to work. Pounding the dribble. In the paint. Up with the left hand. Count it for two. Eight straight points for Carl Anthony Towns. A drive to left field. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> what a comeback by the Twins. Up to the line. Rodin. A drive. Got through. Save quick. Caprice on the Deep shot, got a man, Jefferson, you bet, touchdown Minnesota. What up everybody, Vince Wright, the sports governor here. And it's Christmas time. Oh, you gotta love it. And Merry Christmas to the Minnesota Vikings, man. I Champions of the North. It was very interesting the way they got there, no doubt. And we're definitely going to have to talk about that, my friends. Thank you so much. Once again, Vince Wright, Sports Governor, coming to you live and direct from the Governor's Mansion here to the Sports Done Right podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network and proudly brought to you by Cultivated CBD, cultivatedcbd.com. Make sure you hit the website. Still a couple days. Great holiday bundles, THC options, non-THC options, CBD, oils, tinctures. They got it all. Hit me up if you want a little discount. Let me tell you this, though, folks. The products work. So if you got pain, anxiety, sleep issues, you want to just get that good deep sleep, cultivated CBD, tell them Vince Wright sent you. And, of course, got to have a little pizza this time of year. 7th Avenue Pizza, the new breakfast pizza, people, is one of a kind. And if you have not had a breakfast pizza Eggs, sausage, I mean, everything you like to eat for breakfast on a pizza. You got to love it. You got to love it, folks. So make sure you hit up 7th Avenue Pizza. Stores all over the place. Hy-Vee, Speedway, Coborns, amongst other places as well. And uh, make sure you're following both of those businesses on your social media platforms. All right, man, let's get right to it here because this is not going to be the longest show, but... 
you know, we're going to get into this Vikings game. Uh, we have Rick Sosa joining us tonight. Uh, Rick is from the Purple Code, he, one of the best Vikings bloggers out there. And we caught him for a few minutes tonight just to give us his thoughts on this game. I mean, you know, what can you really say? They played like shit in the first half. They played phenomenal in the second half. The defense finally showed up. You know, we've been so worried about this Vikings defense. And they finally showed up. And like Patrick Peterson said, hey, man, you only need five touchdowns. Well, the Vikings got exactly that. They got five touchdowns. And, um, you know, what can you say? I mean, they, they, they win the game. Matt Ryan, boy, that dude on the side of history is just going to, you know, from 28-3 in the Super Bowl to 33 nothing in this Vikings game, he uh, he comes out on the losing end again. I can't say I feel too bad for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 460 yards, four touchdowns. That It took him 54 attempts, however, to get that. Obviously, they did a lot of throwing in the second half here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this Vikings game, and I think you've been seeing and probably hearing this in the local media and on some of the, the big shows with the, the big uh, local sports press here, and that I want to touch on, and bear with me here, I'm just getting this uh, information pulled up, is I am really loving Dalvin Cook out of the backfield as a receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I grew up, and I'll talk very briefly, Friday night out at the Mall of America at the Radisson Blue Hotel, they had a reunion of the Miracle at the Met, you know, two-minute Tommy Kramer, the last second Hail Mary to Ahmad Rashad to uh, catapult the Vikings into the playoffs against the Cleveland Browns. And Chuck Foreman was there. And even though he wasn't playing on that team, it made me think because Chuck Foreman is one of the legendary backs out of the backfield who could catch passes like nobody's business. And when I saw number four, Dalvin Cook out there, four receptions, 95 yards, touchdown, it it made me feel good because it's such a useful option for him to be lined up out there. Look, we're just trying to advance the ball down the field. And sometimes, even though Dalvin's had a couple nice games here recently, they find ways to bottle him up every once in a while where he just can't seem to get off. And he's such a talent. He's so fast. Now you bring him out here on, you know, and line him outside. Presents a whole different scheme. Defense, what, linebacker going to cover him? Can't keep up. So I really like that. I really like Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield. Um, K.J. Osborne, you're going to hear Rick. Rick is not a big K.J. Osborne fan, apparently. I, you know, K.J., I think, is a real nice weapon. And I think, you know, I think he probably could start on some other teams. Um, You'll hear in the interview that's coming up here in a couple minutes with Rick. He doesn't really agree with that. But K.J. Osborne, 10 catches, 100 57 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson had 123 yards, you know, just another day at the office for him. 12 receptions there. Adam Thielen, he got three looks for 41 yards. He also had a touchdown along with Delvin Cook's receiving touchdown as well. Um, C.J. Ham on the rushing side scored a touchdown. 
And the Vikings, there it is. There's your five touchdowns. But the defense, the defense, they finally woke the hell up. Because I'm sitting there, and again, I'm Vince Wright, the sports governor, here on the Sports Done Right podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm sitting here, I'm sure, like everybody else in Vikings Nation, sitting here. I, I can't even start using the language that I was using watching that first half of that game, right? All of a sudden, I'm sitting here going, okay, look, I gotta, I'm going to go run some errands here at halftime. And I said the Vikings are going to get close. I, I I don't know. I just had a feeling. I said, you know what? The Vikings are going to find a way to come back and at the very least make this interesting. Now, I didn't think they were going to win the game. I thought 33 was probably just a bit too much because I didn't think they had the time. And again, that goes from just what we were seeing. But obviously, what does your sports governor know? Nothing, apparently. Because they they had time. They actually, and I'm going to talk about the referees here in a second, and and probably really should have won this game in regulation. And then the Colts reverted to being, at the time, 4-8-1 Indianapolis Colts. They lost Jonathan Taylor early in the game. That's a huge hit for them. You know, Taylor is a phenomenal all-pro running back, so... Losing him is a very, very huge deal. And then we get into a couple of the calls in the early half. Now, look, the Vikings got calls in the second half. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson, I I heard him on an interview here a couple days ago talking about referees because this Vikings game was brought up. A couple other games were brought up as well. And Jimmy says... while, you know, you understand bad calls and this and that, you got to be better than that. You got to be better than the referees. So, you know, we, but these calls were atrocious. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. Vikings lost a couple touchdowns. You know, it it was really interesting because, you know, Chandon Sullivan, robbed of two the same players robbed of two touchdowns and you know you can go online here and i'm actually got one of the monitors up here in the situation room right now uh the worst there's a whole section of bad officiating here on usa today that is going through all these games and we get it you know you're going to find bad calls anyway but here's my deal with this and i'm going to diverge from the vikings game for just a second here the problem is these referees, and by the way, this goes for all sports, except not so much maybe in hockey, but let's take the big ones, football and basketball. These refs just seem to insert themselves at the most critical times where games are on the line. And yeah, definitely, you know, calls need to be made. I get all that. And, and penalties happen. Fouls happen at, at critical times. But more than not, do you agree with me that these calls or some of these calls are just mind blowing? Where you, the analysts are on TV and they're showing you what's happening, what they should actually be seeing on the replay, and they come out and the call stands or something like that. It is just very interesting. And, you know, we can save the conspiracy theories for a whole nother show. But, man, 
those two against the Vikings were, were well, I mean, like I said, they would have won in regulation. Game really shouldn't have even had to go to overtime. But let's get back to it. You know, I, I'm looking at, you know, I'm actually watching a replay right now of Sullivan's um, strip and touchdown here. And you just go, how in the world do they not rule this a fumble? But official blew the play dead. Oh, God, get out of here with that nonsense. They always say that to cover their ass. But as I said, the Vikings prevailed against the man, Goodell, his cronies, them referees. But the Vikings got to be better. Obviously, the Vikings have got to be better. You know, the defense, I I hope now our our Minnesota Vikings defense really can sit here and go, hey, look, we got players over here. We can do some things. So let's start, you know, let's regroup. Let's really start getting after it here. Um there's really, and, and I know there's there's still some people out at a couple positions here, man, but let's get back to it. Let's get Zadarius Smith back on it. You know, Hitman, Harry, everybody get back in the mix. Eric Kendricks, everybody, let's get back in the mix because I don't know. Um, as great as this historic game was, You just don't want to live like this. So, all right, I'm going to hit us with the Rick Sosa interview here. This is about 15 minutes. uh, Just recorded here a few minutes ago, hot off the presses. And here we go with Rick Sosa, my main man. And voila. All right, everyone, Vince Wright, sports governor back. And we have the one and only Rick Sosa from the Purple Code joining us to talk about that historic game. Rick's been on the show many times before. You know him, you love him. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. And everybody, here he is, Rick Sosa. So, Rick, my man, uh, first off, thank you once again for taking some time out to join us. Uh, let's just get right to it, bro. I mean, what did you think? Uh, let's just start with the first half, man. What did you think was going on with that putrid first half of football? Hey, Vince. Uh, nice talking to you again. Thanks for having me on your show. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Uh, well, first half, first half, we, uh, we all saw it, right? Um, the Vikings couldn't do anything right on offense, defense, special teams. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Right. Uh, blocked on, big six. I mean, just, just nothing was working. Um, once again, it just kind of felt like it was a team going through the motion. Uh, the crowd at the stadium was very, very disappointed, Vince. I felt like, uh, you know, as, as it happened during other Viking games where before the game, there's a lot of uh, excitement and expectation, right. and people are just really, really looking forward to the game. And, and that's just this, this huge letdown uh, that led up to, you know, just – Rightfully so, a lot of bullying to to the team at at the end of the half. And you know, Rick, let me ask you this. I mean, it's kind of the the question that always gets asked when when there's a blowout like this in either a full game or a half. Do you think the Vikings just flat out overlooked the Colts because you know up until that point four eight and one? 
You know, I feel like the Vikings overlooked the Colts in the first half. I feel like the Vikings sort of overlooked the Lions, uh, perhaps in the first half in Detroit as well. Right. You know, having, you know, sometimes when you have that, such a huge advantage in, in your division, you know, you 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 get to a ten and three record, and 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 you have so much advantage on on people that are chasing you. I mean, it, you can get complacent. And, and I felt like the Vikings, and that includes a little bit of the coaching staff. They, they were a little bit complacent in Detroit, and they were definitely complacent uh, against Indianapolis. And Indianapolis really was a team that they were not playing for much of anything other than pride. Uh, right, but they came exactly. to play. They came to play, and, and they were ready to punch, you know, the, the next guy in the mouth. Uh, and the Vikings were not ready. So, so I mean, when, when you have that combination – in the National Football League, you you are going to get blown out. Right. And, you know, the thing was, because, you know, Jonathan Taylor goes out, you know, Zach Moss comes in for uh, the Colts, has, a you know, a decent game in, in relief duties. And, you know, they got a couple players, you know, Michael Pittman's okay, things like that. But, you know, Matt Ryan, once again, you know, he just winds up going south, but in the first half, you know, he again, like the rest of that team, looking like world beaters. And, you know, I just think that the Vikings, Rick, just totally took this team for granted. You know, I think that, you know, they looked at the record, you know, new coach, all this stuff, and said, hey, look, we got this one in the bag. You know, we wrap up the division. And, you know, all of a sudden it goes, you know, south very quickly to the point of, you know, 33 nothing. And then, now listen, you have a, a little more insight out there at Vikings headquarters than I do. Do we know what was said? I mean, you know, we've heard Patrick Peterson's, you know, little quote about we need five touchdowns. Have we heard what the coaches may have said at halftime, Rick? Because whatever, you know, you know, KOC said, man, he needs to trademark that. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what we've all heard is the conversation from Peterson to the team and specifically to the offense when he said, we are going to make some stops now. All you need is five touchdowns. So, but I think in, in, in essence, Vince, um, as professionals, they, they were very embarrassed at, at that, in that locker room at halftime. Sure. They were embarrassed. They were embarrassed because, because the, the crowd that was there to cheer for them was extremely disappointed. And, and those boos, Vince, they were loud. They were loud, and okay. and as a professional athlete, as a professional athlete, I can tell you that inside that locker room, uh, there was a lot of shame. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, per- perhaps not necessarily believe that you could actually come back in the game, but at least show a little more of, of a professional uh, attitude and and a, yeah, and a fighting attitude. Yeah, yeah, more 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 of an effort because. Um, you know what? That's what the crowd expects. You know, you, you can you can feel like you're in the playoffs, and and games might not mean a whole lot to you, but but the crowd's still there to watch, you know, a show. And and I think the players kind of kind of felt embarrassed about it. Um, so they went out in that second half, Vince, and and you Man. saw you saw the complete <laughs> ch- change ch- change of attitude. I mean, I'm not saying that well, everybody thought okay they're gonna come back and win the game, but at least you saw a team that started to fight. Right. Hey, Rick, and let me... and at, the, at the end of the day, Vince, just quickly, at the end of yep. the day, ta- talent-wise, talent-wise, the Minnesota Vikings are a better team than the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, but but they needed to actually they needed to actually 
you know, put an effort to it. Right. And what I was going to say was, so we get to halftime and mm-hmm. I, 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 well, looks like. Okay, good, good, good. All right, we got Rick back, ladies and gentlemen. So sorry about that little drop-off here. But what I was going to say, Rick, was I had an errand to run. And so I decided at halftime that I was going to go ahead and run this errand. And I said, watch, the Minnesota Vikings are going to come back. But for me, it was, do you have enough time for 30, you know, 33 down? And I, I knew it was going to be close. You know, I did not say they were going to win the game. I'd be lying if I'd said that. But, you know, I knew the Vikings were going to come back and make it close. I'm listening on the radio. And obviously what's happening is happening. And, you know, one person I want to talk about is K.J. Osborne. Now, he led the day with 157 yards, re- you know, receiving. But, man, talk to me a little bit about K.J. Osborne. You've seen him play now. You've been out there at headquarters. This dude could probably be starting on a whole bunch of other teams, man, and I think he is really one of our hidden weapons, Rick, on this team. Well, I I probably was one of the first that mentioned the uh, talent that K.J. had when I first saw him uh, as a rookie in 2020. Um. He, he was very he was very raw coming out of college out of Miami, but he's uh, he's a talented player. He's a talented receiver, but he he hasn't quite made that leap bent into being a consistent player. What you saw last Saturday, I've always believed he could do it in a consistent basis. Now the truth of the matter, Vince, is, is he hasn't done that consistently, and hopefully hopefully this was the, the game that kind of lit the spark you know, give for him the confidence well it's 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 a twofold thing it's confidence for kj and it's okay. confidence from the coaching the confidence from the coaching staff that he can really step up and take that role because in, in all honesty events he's been he's been a, a wide receiver three at best um and and the fact that he put up a hundred and you know 60 yard uh, game on saturday is great but when you look at someone like Justin Jefferson. Justin wow. Jefferson, I believe, ended up with, with, with about 130 yards. And and that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the norm. That's kind of the norm for Jefferson to go for 150 yards. So, Osborne is going to have to do this, perhaps not 160 every time, but, right, but right. you know, a high pro- a production of yards on a consistent basis. Now, that's easier said than done when you have Justin Jefferson, you know, next to you. Of course, and Thielen as well. Now, let me ask you this, because here's another thing that I'm liking is Dalvin Cook as a receiver. The guy has got great hands. He caught four balls for almost 100 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, sometimes when it's not maybe going for him on the rushing side, man, when they line him up outside, all of a sudden some good things are happening here. So tell me what you think about Dalvin Cook, the receiver, all of a sudden. Well, I'll, I'll take you back to the Buffalo game. Uh, and the Buffalo game, he was lined up uh, on the outside, on the left side, and, and the Bills were really not expecting uh, Kirk Cousins to go to Dalvin Cook for the touchdown pass. So, yeah, I mean, Cook has the ability to catch the ball and, you know, find the open scenes. And, and as we saw on that last touchdown, I mean, he, his speed is just incredible. So, yeah, I think I think you have to continue to use him uh, as a receiver. 
but there has to be an element of surprise because if there isn't, then, then I'm not sure that, you know, he's going to ever be anything close to a, an actual wide receiver running, you know, deeper routes. Right. And let me ask you this. Let's turn it over to the Colts in that second half for a, for a quick minute here. And again, folks, we got Rick Sosa joining us here for a couple minutes here uh, from the Purple Cold. Rick, what happened with India, Indianapolis in that second half? I mean, you know, obviously, yeah, they're a losing team. You know, they were just clicking on all cylinders and then all of a sudden run into a stone wall. Did you see anything from their point of view, you know, that you picked up on that, you know, contributed it to their downfall? Well, I mean, they lost Jonathan Taylor. Was, right, of course. Right of course. Yep. Right out of the gate. So, so I've always thought of that, that the Colts team as one that is just a completely one dimensional only because, um, uh, yeah, Pittman is, is a decent player, but it, they don't really have uh, any significant threat on the wide receiver front. Mm-hmm. And with Matt Ryan being as, as, as you know, basically at the, at the tail end of his career, they, they really, offensively, they really do not pose a big threat. So once, once the Vikings defense really started playing, you know, tighter in coverage and, and blitzing a little bit more, I mean, that was kind of the end of the, of the Colts. And, and I right. believe that yep. we, we, we saw on that second half, Vince, we saw, you know, all of the issues, all the problems that this Indianapolis Colts team have had throughout the year. No wide receivers and really a quarterback that is the, – the, the, the strength of his arm is just not there anymore. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Rick. So let me ask you this, Rick. You know, the Vikings, this historic game, the greatest comeback in NFL history, and, you know, the division's wrapped up. Now they're trying, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts is, you know, no pun intended, hurt out there in Philadelphia. Maybe a last little push to maybe squeeze by them for home field advantage. Let me ask you this in the last couple minutes that we got you here, my friend. As of right now, how do you feel about the Vikings in the playoffs? Now, I know, you know, we got to see who's playing who and all this. But just initial thoughts from Rick Sosa. What do you think about the Vikings in the playoffs this year? You know, uh, this this has been a team all year, Vince, that has not necessarily played a uh, 100% complete game yet, perhaps week one against the Packers to be the exception. But for the most part, this is a team that has been, you know, either having a really strong first quarter, not so much second quarter. Definitely third quarters have been a challenge, a great fourth quarter. So it's been sort of kind of inconsistent. Right. However, however, because they've been battle-tested so many times where they find a way to win towards the end of game, this is a dangerous team. Now, it, it's, a, it's, it's anybody's guess, Vince. It's anybody's guess what team is going to show up in the playoffs. Is it going to be the team that lost 40-3 to three to the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. Or is it going to be the team that we saw in the second half against the Colts? So if it is, if it is the latter, uh, the Vikings are going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. If it is... You know, the, the, if it is a team that, that we saw against the Cowboys, then, then it's a one-and-done situation. But I'm, I'm very confident, Vince, that um, this team 
is going to battle in the playoffs. And if they do, uh, if, and if they're able to secure the home field advantage, Vince, I got to tell you that a lot of these close games, a lot of it has had to do coming on top of the end with the crowd at U.S. Bank Stadium. Right, this crowd, course. this stadium has been an unbelievable support for the team. Mm-hmm. And yes, they, they they pulled a miracle in Buffalo, and that and that was incredible. Right. But I believe that this crowd, the, the team feeds off of this crowd. They, they they can feel the energy. They can feel this crowd, and it's going to be so important to have as many games in Minnesota as possible. And that's only going to make me think that it's going to be the battle-tested Vikings team that is going to show up in the playoffs. Absolutely. And, you know, we got the Giants coming to town on Christmas Eve here. I, I, you know, at least on paper and whatnot, should be able to get past them. And then we got the Packers. That could be very interesting. You know, Packers looked kind of revitalized last night on uh, Monday Night Football. You know, Aaron Rodgers seems interested again. They technically are still in the playoff hunt. And then we end with the Bears. So I think if we can wrap these three up and have Philadelphia just kind of you know, stumble along the way. We're looking good, bro, because I agree with you 100%. So, you know, folks, Rick, again, I'm going to thank you, my man. I'm going to let you get to your evening, sir. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for the invitation, man. Take care. All right, the one and only Rick Sosa joining us, folks. Always good to hear from Rick, and I appreciate him taking a few minutes to join the sports governor Vince right here on the sports done right podcast. So the Vikings win, they they clinch the north. Honest question though over the past month, has the Detroit Lions been the better team? Just saying. They eked out another win, Green Bay. All of a sudden last night, Green Bay looks like, you know, their quarterback looks like he's back interested in playing and you know Green Bay's got issues because you know if all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is liking his receivers or is liking maybe what's happening do you sign Jordan Love do you keep him around I mean does that become just the ultimate wasted draft pick I don't know don't care because it's Green Bay so let's do this folks we're going to take a quick break when we come back we'll talk a few other things here in the sports scene locally a little bit of Timberwolves uh, Minnesota Wild are looking good and, and winning and we'll get into a lot of or excuse me a little bit of college basketball as well but in the meantime we'll take a quick break enjoy some Christmas music here as well you know since it is Christmas time and all so this is the Sports Done Right Podcast I am Vince Wright Sports Governor Make sure you are following me on Twitter. That would be at the Big Smooth One, the number one after the Big Smooth. Just Google Sports Done Right. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and that's my last name for Right, W R I G H T. So Sports Done Right, and we will be right back after this. And we are on the Pigskin Podcast Network.
are in and it's official. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the honorable Vince Wright. Now let's get back to the show. All right, we are back folks. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us, whatever you're celebrating, it's that time of year. And in all seriousness, before I finish out the show, I, just, I wanted to take a minute first, a little extended Christmas mix there, you know, from Run DMC, from Charlie Brown's, the classic Christmas album. Of course, had to hit you with a little Frank Sinatra. I mean, listen, man. From me, Angie, the First Lady, and our family, to all of you out there, very, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season. And, man, it is, geez, a week. We are going to be hitting the road for uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Got to get out of this cold. So we're about to get the motorcade all set and head on down to Phoenix and continue bringing you sports done right. A Minnesota sports show from the desert of all things, but I can't wait, man, because I just don't do good in cold. I, I ain't going to lie to you anymore. You know, when you're a kid and you can play in the snow and do all that stuff, and God bless all my friends and family that, you know, snowmobile or ski, snowboard, all that stuff, but 
I need sun. I need some warmth. And Phoenix, oh man, I can almost touch you. Next week, we will be back. So, all right, sports done right here. And we were talking about the Vikings, obviously, and, and their historic comeback game. We were talking about the referees and, you know, how they just kind of screw things in general. And it really doesn't even matter the sport, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's just kind of disappointing to always see referees inserting themselves in these games. Uh, quick note, looks like the little injury Justin Jefferson suffered, or excuse me, he's not on their injury report. So, looks good there for next week with, again, the Giants coming in town. NBA news, uh, Timberwolves being Timberwolves, just got to get it figured out. They got to put together some wins. You know, Anthony Davis goes out for L.A., uh, it, uh, boy, man, what do you do if you're in the Lakers situation? Slow start, eleven and seven in their last games. Now, granted, eleven and seven by Lakers standards, not the greatest, you know, stretch by any means. But you know, getting better. But do you see what you can do and get out of that Anthony Davis situation? I mean, I don't think he's going to be healthy. For the rest of his career. I don't know the numbers that are involved. You know obviously. uh, LeBron 38 years old as well. Westbrook. I just don't know. I just don't know. So they got to figure out some things. Because they got to figure it out without. um, You know AD in there as well. So. Maybe they can do something via trade. Trying to see. Are there any free agents out there. I don't know, man. Lakers, though, still still in a uh, world of hurt. And as I'm looking here in the West, our Minnesota Timberwolves, 16 and 15. They just, you know, they're, they're a 500 team. I mean, that's just what they are. They have, you know, games like the other night where the World Busters against the Bulls, 150 points, all this stuff looking great, and then they just go in the tank. And right now, they're sitting at eighth. You're trying to get in the top six so you don't have to do this, you know, new play-in tournament or whatever the hell that thing is. And the Wolves are just kind of, they're just kind of stalled. You know, Lakers, again, we were talking about them, but they're they're 12th. Golden State, Golden State. Now, this is interesting. Golden State, some injuries in play now. They're also 15 and 16. So stay tuned there. The West is going to be very interesting this year. You know, Memphis out on top now. Denver at 18 and 11. Memphis 19 and 10. Phoenix 19 and 12. You you know, those teams starting to get a little bit of separation now. And we'll see what happens there. Over in the East, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, your top three over there. Brooklyn, I want to see it on the court because it's always just kind of a shit show with that franchise. Always something going on off the court. That's impacting them on the court. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, man, uh, Chris Finch and Cruz got to get it figured out here in Minnesota because this is a very, very disappointing start. And I know, again, broken record, but that's just what this season is. Same old, same old until something else changes. I know there's 
lot of people are like, hey, man, bring Pat Beverly back. I get it. I love the energy he brought for the playoffs and, and you know, the alpha and all that. But Pat Beverly is not going to be the answer in Minnesota. And that's all I'm saying about that. Jumping over to college basketball here. It's been a little light Big Ten-wise. It was um, Purdue, by the way. Stellar, number one team. Coaches poll, number one team in the AP Top 25. And they are a terror. And you got you better watch out for them. 11-0, Purdue, Wisconsin. Let's do this here for Big Ten basketball. The overall record is really what I'm still looking at right now. Purdue's 11-0, Wisconsin's 9-2, Northwestern 8-2. Michigan, a couple stumbles early, but, you know, these top teams play top teams in all these tournaments, so I'm not worried about Michigan, Ohio State being 7-3. Ohio State, or excuse me, Penn State is 8-3 overall, as is Maryland and Indiana. Keep an eye on the Hoosiers this year. Got a lot of nice pieces. Iowa eight and three and overall, excuse me, overall as well. Our fighting Illini eight and three. Um, when I say R for my home state family down there in the Chicago area. Our Gophers are zero two in conference. They're five and six overall. We've talked about the Gopher basketball team and what that's going to look like this year, and it's it's going to get ugly before it gets better. Really got to stay the course. And if you're Minnesota, you're maybe just looking for a game or two that you win that nobody's expecting you to win. So that's what I'm kind of keeping an eye for here. And then just the growth of the team. Got some really great recruits coming in next year. Uh, A five-star, seven-foot-plus center coming in here that can really be a game-changer for this program. So hang tight with your Gophers. But Purdue... Man, that's the team you really, really, really want to look out for because they are just on point. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. They, they, you know, they got that fantastic center down there. They are just tearing up college basketball and representing the Big Ten very, very well. So, congrats to them, um, the Purdue Boilermakers. And we will see what happens there. Going back here, other teams, uh, Purdue number one, UConn number two, Houston dropped down to number three, uh, Kansas number four, Arizona five, Virginia six, Texas seven, uh, Tennessee is number eight in the AP, Arkansas is number eight in the college poll, or excuse me, the coaches poll, Uh, Alabama number nine. In the AP, UCLA number nine in coaches poll, and Arkansas and Alabama kind of flip-flop. Arkansas number 10 in the AP, Alabama is number 10 in the coaches poll. So there you have it. Kind of let's see if we can get some Big Ten representation moving up the rankings here. Uh, We do have some teams in the top 25, but in the top 10, it is Purdue, and that is it. So... Stay tuned there, people. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Real quick on the Minnesota Wild, we'll have to get some hockey analysis back on the Sportsstone Right Show. We'll reach out to Alex Micheletti, maybe see if we can get his dad, Pat, on here as well. Minnesota Wild are 18 and 11. They have 38 points. They're trailing the Dallas Stars by, what do we got here, six points. Dallas is on top of the Central Division with 44 points. Winnipeg with 41. 
Defending Stanley Cup champions coming up on the Wilds' heels. They are just two points behind Minnesota. The Colorado Avalanche with 36 points. St. Louis Blues with 33. Nashville, 30. Uh, the Coyotes with 25. And my lowly, lowly, lowly Blackhawks, who needed to blow this thing up for a couple years now, are way down there with only 18 points. They are 7-19 and 19. What's going on? Blow it up, Chicago. It has been time for the rebuild down there. So, yeah, the Wild looking good. I mean, you know, Kirill just continues to do what he does. And what that is is just give you points. Whether he's putting the puck in the net, assist, everything. I don't know what to tell you, man. He is just, he's everything that has, honestly, he's been made out to be in the Minnesota Wild have not had a you know a superstar in a very 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 long time, and now the new enforcer Ryan Reeves comes to town and he's just putting people. I mean that that hit he put on that Detroit Red Wing dude, man. I mean that that's some scary stuff. And Ryan Reeves out there now, and he's really asserted himself as you know the enforcer, so to speak, of this team. So man, stay tuned. We'll see what the Minnesota Wild can do. And see if they can keep it up. A lot of season left ahead of us, but they are in a great spot early on. It's really, really starting to hit their their winning streaks again. And I'll be interested to see if they can make a true push now and see if they can take this division. All right, folks. So with that being said, I'm going to end this show. And... Again, I wish you all the very best holiday season. I wish you all the best for a very, very happy new year. And, whoops, bear with me here. I'm just having a little technical issue. I just wish you all the best. I want to thank you for another year of support. You know, what you guys have done for me and this show has just been phenomenal. And I just, I want you to know that I just, I appreciate it. I really, really do. So, let's see here. Oops, bear with me. So looking for a nice little ending song to get us out of here on this holiday season. Um, and with that, oh, where did it go? Oh, well, I tried. <laughs> All right, folks, what do you, I'm going to get you out of here. Thank you guys so much. Be safe. Have um, a phenomenal holiday with your families. Oh, there we go. And I'm going to leave you with this Prince classic called Another Lonely Christmas. One of my favorite Prince songs. And with that being said, you guys take care and we will talk soon.
Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right. 
with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. Right.